back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Justin Cuthbert and Ailish Forfar into the final hour. And joined now by your insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. That insider is Josh Cloak, Maple Leafs, and Canadian soccer writer at The Athletic. And on a very newsy, all-of-a-sudden road trip, which, you know, a lot to write about and to discuss when it comes to the Maple Leafs, but a lot of pizza to consume. Uh, I, I need a percentage here, Cloak, like, the decision to travel this week, how much of that was influenced 100%, by pizza? 100%. 100%. 100%. What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? Uh, this was, um, I mean, at least in the middle of a very long road trip. Uh, and my good friend and colleague, Jonas Siegel, he did the lion's share of this trip, you know, out, out to the West Coast, trade deadline. And I know he was kind of exhausted. And look, I, I know, you know, New Jersey and Newark, you know, doesn't get the best kind of rep in terms of places to travel to but when this one was pitched to me I, I i jumped at it so much so and i have to give credit where it's due so much so that i asked my you know understanding and gracious wife if i could head in probably six seven hours earlier than i should mm-hmm. to get to newark to fly into newark and then quickly hop on the train over to new york city and consume and you know regular followers know that you know, pizza is an obsession of mine to consume three slices, three different slices from three different joints in about, I don't know, 90 minutes. It was a mission and it was well, well worth it. Um, so anyway, and then a few slices yesterday as well. So yeah, newsy, newsy trip, but um, one that certainly, you know, is in need of some Pepsi AC as well, if you guys have any <laughs> lying around. Oh, yeah, we'll ship that out to you. Uh, so you had the New York style, I suppose. Maybe you dabbled in a, in a different style you, while you were there. But now that we have you and we're on the topic of pizza, what is the best pizza style? Mm. It's a fantastic question. It's interesting. Like, I think right now, you know, Detroit pizza is in vogue. I think tavern-style pizza, which, you know, has roots in Chicago, is certainly in vogue. Um, and Chicago-style pizza, you know, obviously, gluttonous as it is, very, very good. Um Right now, like if we're doing power rankings, I'm going to give the edge to tavern-style pizza. You know, I, 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 I'm still not comfortable being called the Leafs Insider. I will be comfortable, you know, being called the Pizza Insider. I'm telling you this right now, tavern-style pizza is going to be the biggest thing in 2023 in terms of pizza. You're going to be seeing it popping up in every neighborhood. I, New York's, you know, style pizza is very much the... You know, the Wayne Gretzky of pizzas, but I think tavern tavern style pizza is, is kind of Connor McDavid esque in that it's it, it one day we could be talking about it as the best kind of pizza. We're just not there yet. You're gonna have to explain what tavern style pizza is. For the uneducated. I, I'm un- unfamiliar. So tavern style pizza is super thin, kind of cracker crust well, and, that and listen, good. I, that's what I like yeah. already. And, and I hope your producer isn't rolling your eyes because I could do this for an hour. Tavern-style pizza, super thin, cracker crust, um, mm-hmm. cut into tiny squares. It originated literally in taverns as kind of a snack for, for hungry, you know, you know, drunk consumers. Um, very kind of light on the toppings, but you're literally just getting these kind of bite-sized pieces that you come in, you know, in and, you know, again and again. It's kind of heavy on the cornmeal in the crust. So you're getting kind of that crunch every time. I like the cornmeal. Um, the cornmeal move yeah. is good, yeah. Yeah, so what I'll do to, to kind of make it easier for you guys, when I get home, I, as again, as I'm sure regular followers know, I do about two pies a week. 
at home. I'll do tavern style this week and post some pictures if you guys want to give it some love. And then, you know, and then we're all in on this trend together, right? Okay. I'm, I'm sold already. I'm already looking up Uber Eats. Do they have breakfast pizzas in the area? How do I get one to the studio in the next 30 minutes? <laughs> <We'll> uh, take... <laughs> I, I got one more pizza question. I, if I want to make good pizza at home this summer, what do I got to do? What, what Do I need to, like some like fancy schmancy uh, pizza oven here? Like what what's the what's the key for the cloak family pizza night? The, there's, there's two things you have to do. You do have to invest in an oven. I mean, and, and that can mean like you can use your oven at home, you know, your oven inside, but that just means you have to invest in some other tools, whether that's like a, a pizza steel. I, I know a lot of people have like a stone at home, but I would suggest like a pizza steel. Like it's, it's literally just a large brick of steel. Um, it retains heat a lot better. So when you put it in your oven, like maybe your oven gets to 500 or 550, which is not that hot. Putting steel in there, which, and again, it retains heat better. It allows you to get that kind of crispier, better crust. Um, so just in, you know, or you could buy an outdoor oven as I have. Um, but again, that's another conversation. But the other thing, Cuthbert, you just got to put the time and love into it, man. You do. You really got to, you got to figure out like, what do you enjoy doing? Cooking it for other people. Put the effort in, and I promise you the results will come afterwards. All right, I love it. That's the motivation I needed this morning uh, for Pizza Picks. Head over to Josh Cloak on Twitter, <laughs> at Josh Cloak. Okay, so let's get into some of the newsy leaf things. There's actually a lot to discuss uh, because, you know, individuals have these, uh, you know, individual uh, factors or stories that are sort of following them at the moment. And I think one of those is John Tavares, who's not going to play for about a week's stretch. He's going to be held out for, I guess, precautionary reasons. He took a couple hits uh, in the loss to Vancouver. Also seemed like he might have been hitting a little bit of a wall individually or personally before that. It hasn't been the greatest run for him. So what do you ascribe this scratch to? He was on the ice. He was practicing. Not a full participant, but he was healthy enough to be out there. So not necessarily concussion protocol. What's going on with John Tavares right now? Why is he not going to be in the lineup tonight? It's a really good question, and it's one that I think a lot of people are asking here in Newark. Um, the thing that, that really kind of confuses me is, you know, John Tavares, we were told, isn't feeling well, isn't feeling himself, I think was, was Sheldon Keefe's quote. Um, but then John Tavares proceeded to stay out on the ice after practice for a good 20 minutes, you know, um, and that's not something you would usually ask of someone who isn't feeling well. Um, it was kind of confusing just to see him come out in the gray sweater to begin with, the gray sweater usually used for, you know, healthy scratches. So I think the questions that a lot of reporters had, well, is if John Tavares isn't feeling well, you know, Sheldon Keefe also mentioned there's a bug going around. Why even bother practicing? Um, and that's where things get a bit confusing. So, you know, according to the team, he's just literally not feeling well. But I, I think, you know, I think it's fair to kind of question if there's any maybe not a concussion, but lingering symptoms of, you know, those hits he took from Tyler Myers. I mean, the one in particular was, looks, you know, pretty serious. Um, Tavares didn't speak to the media afterwards, though he was requested, which again, frustrated some people. So I, I don't know at this point, I, I, I know there were some people who think, well, maybe he's just literally being healthy scratched and it's difficult to say that. I don't really buy that. Um, if I had to, to, to bet, um, I think it's just some some lingering kind of symptoms from the hits. Maybe not a concussion though, and you know it's just they're they're holding him out out of an abundance of caution. Um, you know, I think if they really wanted to hold him out, you do that on the same day that that Ryan O'Reilly misses his first practice. Like that's a really 
that's tough to swallow, at least on Leafs Twitter, right? So um, I don't know is, is kind of the short answer. Um, and hopefully we, we find out a little bit more in the coming days. But look, it is a strange one, right? If a player is not feeling well, but then, you know, proceeds to practice for what felt like an hour. Um, so so kind of strange. Maybe a little bit of load management too. If, if he's not on the on the ice this evening, the next game he plays is Saturday, so almost a week of of time between two games. You think there's a little bit of a factor of like, hey, let's just give him a, a pause. It's been a tough road trip. You know, he hasn't been playing the star-studded minutes here, and maybe give him a reset. Then, then you know, they should just say that, like mm-hmm. load management. If if load management is the route that that you know, the team wants to take and, and, you know, that's not necessarily the worst thing for a team that that's playoff spot is booked. Right. Um, I don't think that's the worst thing to do. Like it has been a pretty arduous stretch, right? Like there's been a lot of flying, you know, I think anybody can attest, you know, who's flown from, you know, Vancouver to Newark, like that's kind of a long stretch and coming off of a lot of tr- travel as well. Um, so I don't know, but if you're going to do that, then just say that. Uh, I guess was my answer to that one uh, because I think that would be a lot easier to to explain, right? Yeah, either way, it seems like they're hypersensitive to the narrative around John Tavares, I suppose, and maybe that you know, maybe that can help us. Maybe there's a breadcrumb there, but like, if they don't want to admit it's slowed management, well, then you just start the discussion about, hey, uh, you know, John Tavares slowing down the contract, the remaining term on it, all that stuff. But I guess you know that would be the same or way worse if he was indeed healthy scratched. Uh, but if you act like a healthy scratch, you stay out there long for practice, uh, you're going to have people speculating because. You take the information you get and you try to infer what you can from it. Uh, what are you inferring from the Riley situation? Clearly, it's not been a brilliant stretch for Morgan Riley at this point, but I also feel like the organization isn't really doing him many favors. I mean, he's in charge of the integration process for Luke Shen and Eric Gustafson, which is, you know, I guess fine, but if you're going to be a top pairing defenseman and log top pairing minutes, you kind of need top-pairing help, and Morgan Riley's kind of been without that lately and on a bit of an island. What do they got to do with Morgan Riley to make sure they're getting the best out of him? Yeah, I, I think you're right in the fact that, like, just getting him a stable partner and getting him a stable partner for more than, you know, a game and a half or whatever is probably the route to take. Like, you know, he'll be paired with Timothy Lilligren tonight against the Devils, and it just seems like every single game – he's given another partner to, to, to kind of play with. And like Morgan Riley is a, you know, defenseman who has a very, you know, specific set of skills. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is involves risk taking. So you need a partner, I guess, that can kind of balance that out. Um, it always seemed like, like TJ Brody was the right kind of partner for him in that regard. But, you know, you, you probably need TJ Brody a little lower down the lineup to, to eat, you know, those really heavy minutes against, you know, the opposition's best forwards. That's probably where I would go is just kind of deciding on who Morgan Riley is best suited with and then just going with that, you know, enduring kind of the three or four game learning curve with whoever that ends up being and then just rolling with that because I get Sheldon Keefe's motives. You know, you've got 19 games heading into the playoffs. Your position in the playoffs is set. You want to tinker. You want to figure out who works best with with whom and you're going to have a chance to do that. And that's always been Sheldon Keefe's motive. Right to tinker and figure it out because it, you know, what really matters is the playoffs. But I think at some point, you know, you have to accept that some players can kind of deal with that tinkering better than others. Um, and I just think Morgan Riley just, you know, 
and I know this isn't probably isn't what some fans want to hear because he's become like the latest whipping boy on Leafs Twitter, right? It's all very. Someone pointed this out on Twitter. So it's all very like Jake Gardner esque. The way that that he's kind of become the 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 person that that people take to Twitter to right away when he makes a mistake. But when that happens too, like they don't, I find people don't take to Twitter when Morgan Riley does the good Morgan Riley things, which is, you know, going deep into the offensive zone with the puck and, and finding a teammate and skating with confidence. Um, I just think, again, if they find out who they like best with Morgan Riley and stick with that and resist the urge to kind of tinker, um, you know, you can, you can tinker lower down the lineup, and that's why you have all these NHL-ready defensemen. But I think it would just benefit Morgan Riley's game to give him that stability and give him the rest of the season to just, you know, work through it with whoever that partner they decide is, right? Is it possible, and I guess I'm making inferences exclusively on the three guys that he's played with recently, that they're kind yeah. of readying him for the Rasmus Sandin role, the slot that Rasmus, Rasmus Sandin was just moved out of where, okay, you trust Brody and McCabe and Geo and Hall a little bit more with tough defensive minutes, and maybe we can just weaponize Morgan Riley with either a stable partner and a physical partner in Luke Shen or a guy like Timothy Lilligren who you might not want to be playing more than bottom-pairing minutes. Like, is this kind of like the slow demotion process where you're just kind of gradually drifting him into a five role so you can at least kind of shelter him to a certain extent in the playoffs, but maybe more important than that, weaponize him and make him more dangerous as part of his five-man units that are going against lesser competition. I mean, he's still got a long time left on his contract if you're preparing to slowly demote him, right? I I don't know. I, I think if maybe he was on the last year, the last two years or something of his deal, then then maybe that's that's what you want to do. But I I think you have to have confidence in Morgan Riley because you've you've signed him to this deal not that long ago and you've given him every indication that he's a big part of the future um, of this organization. And I think Morgan Riley brings you know a ton of value to this team that that we don't really see. Right. He he is kind of the you know, and I've I've written this before, he is very much the emotional heartbeat of the team. He's you know, he's a mature, kind of well spoken guy in the locker room and he's he's been with this Leafs team when things have been really, really bad and I think he gets, you know, what winning in Toronto would, would mean. And I don't know how much that matters to a lot of people on the outside, but um it's true and I, I, I don't know if kind of reducing the impact of Morgan Riley, you know, on the ice would have the best consequences off the ice, if that makes sense. Um I don't know. I I, I guess I guess if it you know, it hasn't been obvious yet. I'm still a believer in Morgan Riley. I think there's there's value he can bring. I think he just need to kind of I don't know see it through um, because he's a guy that that and, and if Sheldon Keith as well, we should say like if Sheldon Keith is going to you know publicly back you know some of his other players who are struggling. He did that with Michael Bunting yesterday, who I'm sure we're going to talk about. You know, is having a quite a bad stretch. Um, quite a tough stretch, you know, and Sheldon Keith literally said, like, it's on us to kind of build him back up. It's on us to support him. You know, I think you have to do the same with, with, with Morgan Riley. So I don't know if demoting him is the play right away, as much as that would make some, some of the more vocal people on Leafs Twitter happy. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see, I guess. 
perfect segue to someone that was demoted, Michael Bunting, as you mentioned. Uh, fourth line looked like maybe going into tonight's game. He hasn't ha- he hasn't been playing to the level of Michael Bunting that we were discussing long term contracts with the Maple Leafs. How they'd find a way to make him fit? Would he take a hometown discount at this point? Looks like he's going to have to play for um, a little bit of pride. Uh, how do we get to this point? And um, what does Sheldon Keefe hope to gain from this? somewhat experiment maybe with him on the fourth line. Yeah. It, 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 experiment is the, the right way to put it. Like we're talking votes of confidence and as you know, Sheldon Keefe was pretty clear that, that, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to back Michael Bunting, at least in the media. Um, but he's also putting Michael Bunting on the line with two players who were just called up from the Marlies. Um, and, you know, Michael Bunting wasn't the, the, the happiest you know, person to address the media yesterday. Um, I think that's probably just putting it politely. But um, look, what you're doing there with Michael Bunting is interesting. You're giving him an opportunity with Pontus Holmberg and Alex Steves. You're giving him an opportunity to kind of drive a line. You're giving him an opportunity to be the the key contributor on a line. And I think if you can do that and and prove to Sheldon Keith that you're not just uh, you know a passenger, for example, on a line with with Austin Matthews, like that's a great way to build your confidence back up and, and get your game going. Um, I think Michael Bunting is realizing as well that I don't know if I don't think shtick is the right word, but but his approach, his kind of pesky, nasty, you know, approach, um, the the fine line that he walks, it's getting finer and finer. At least with referees around the league, isn't it? Right? Like there there was a time there was a time where he could draw a penalty just by, you know, taking a lap around the ice. And it's not as easy for him to do that. You know, that now that his kind of name and his rep is growing around the league, he's not getting the calls. He, he's, you know, earning more penalties, um, or taking more penalties, I should say. So that's not really helping his game either. And certainly not helping his game, I guess, as, as Sheldon Keith starts, you know, designing plans for the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I think the key here with Michael Bunting on line with, with Holmberg and, and Steves is just to get him being the guy, right, the key contributor. Um, and if you can do that and you can prove that, that you have, you know, that kind of value, that kind of line-driving value to Sheldon Keefe perhaps won't be long before you get back with, with Matthews Marner, right? Yeah, it feels like there might be a little bit of an identity crisis thing going on with Michael Bunting because what was working isn't, and now he's not playing with Austin Matthews, and you got to find your own way. And guess what? You're playing for your future with the Toronto Maple Leafs if you're Michael Bunting, frankly, at this point, because, yeah, you know, there might be more money out there. There might be uh, a discount on the table. But if you want to stick around with this franchise, uh, with Ryan O'Reilly, who might be an option to be extended at the end of the season, it just seems imperative that he finds a way to contribute, uh, even despite the fact that his initial way or normal way or common way of contributing has dried up uh, just a little bit. Let's go to Ryan O'Reilly in the injury. It definitely complicates matters. It slows the integration process. It makes it so that he's jumping on a moving train when the playoffs do roll around. How big of an issue do you think that's going to be? Yeah, it's interesting. Like I was kind of going through the list of all these kind of newsworthy items yesterday. And I I suppose what I should have done was rank them by kind of... (laughs) crisis level like you know are, are we in defcon five or four i don't even know which is worse which is the worst defcon is it one or five, five? Uh, i feel like it's five i'll go with five is it i'm, I'm mm. on i'm googling quick yeah because i wait i was watching an old episode of the leftovers and they went to, i think they went said they went to defcon one which was 
the worst one. Uh, I think you're right. Okay, DEFCON 1. <laughs> DEFCON 1 is uh, is O'Reilly or DEFCON 5 is O'Reilly? So, Def, so O'Reilly is... is <laughs> That was a horrible segue. Uh, <laughs> O'Reilly is DEFCON 5 for me. Like of all these these players that seem to be going through little mini crises, I put O'Reilly as, as my concern level is the lowest with him. And part of that is just kind of reading the room. Yesterday, you can gain a lot just by, you know, I guess watching facial reactions and watching reactions from, you know, management around the team. But Look, I mean, Sheldon Keefe stressed twice yesterday that Ryan O'Reilly will be back for the playoffs, right? And and anything, if he missed any time in the playoffs, that's that's a real, real cause for concern. But, you know, as Sheldon Keefe pointed out yesterday, and I'm inclined to agree with him, they were a very good team, you know, before Ryan O'Reilly, and he was acquired, you know, to kind of get them over that first-round hump. So you kind of go back to the way things were. Um, and you have a player in Sam Lafferty, who is going to kind of step up into a, a more prominent center role. And I'm a big Sam Lafferty backer. I, I think he just brings, you know, some spark and energy and obviously speed to a team that, that kind of needs it. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm low on the DEFCON levels because it's yes, the integration level or the integration time is going to take a hit, but I mean, he's still going to get an opportunity to watch the team be around the team. And he's Ryan O'Reilly, right? He's not a third year guy looking to find his way. He's a Conn Smythe winner. I think he understands how to kind of find his way in the playoffs in perhaps a way that some Leafs wouldn't. So, yeah, concern level with him is low. Um, and did, sorry, did we get an actual answer on which DEFCON is the worst? One. I'm all over it here. Okay. One's the worst? One is bad news. Okay, so so this is A, this is a DEFCON 5 for me, and B, I'm glad we all learned something here. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Um, okay, so Matt Murray returns on Saturday, and I guess serves a reminder that he's, you know, he's still a pretty capable goaltender, and the problem with Murray hasn't been, like, on-ice performance. His performance has lagged behind Samsonov's a little bit, um, but the problem has been availability. So I'll pose it to you this way. If he's available for game one of the postseason, should it be Matt Murray? So before the season, I made a, I guess I made a bet. I, I, I keep bringing him up, but I made a bet with, with Jonas Siegel to the point that I actually, you know, wrote it in my preseason predictions in the athletic that I think Elias Samsonov will be the game one starter. And it was looking a little dicey there for a while, but I mean, I'm going to stick with it for a few reasons. One, I just think Samsonov is a he's a more athletic goalkeeper. He's a to me he's just probably a sheer surely more talented goalie. So I would stick with him. I think he's also earned it over this last little stretch. He's maybe not as hot as he was a few weeks ago, but to me he's he's proven he's capable of of kind of handling the load and I think what you do there is you 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 kind of know what you have in in Matt Murray. You know that if he's available, he's He's a little bit more of a, I don't know, a solid, safer option. So to me, that's the kind of option I'd want in a backup role, right? If, if you know, let's just say hypothetically, Samsonov struggles in, in game three, you know that you have a guy behind him that, that can kind of come in and maybe turn the tide in the series. Um, but yeah, the injury thing is, is still really, really risky for me, right? What you don't want is to, to have him go and then come game two or whatever he gets hurt. 
and then it's Joe Wall for the rest of the series as as a backup. So I'd stick with Samsonov. I think he's earned it. I think he's the better goalie. Um, and I think there's no kind of shame in having Matt Murray, you know, ready to come off the bench if needed because he's the veteran. He's he's kind of the, the calming presence that's been there before, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. He's had that experience before coming off and playing well, so we'll see uh, exactly how that shakes out. Lots to consider. And one more, I think, to consider. I think if you're Sheldon Keefe, and honestly, maybe the most important thing is who Mitch Marner plays with. Uh, Clearly last year, the best iteration of the team was Mitch Marner playing with Austin Matthews. This year, not as clear that Mitch Marner has to play with Austin Matthews. So this season, this version of Maple Leafs with, you know, we'll say Ryan O'Reilly healthy, which line should Mitch Marner, which core four player should Mitch Marner play with to get the best results out of this team? Well, I'm, I was preparing for a different question there, but the, the way you phrase the question makes it easy for me. Like, to get the best out of the team, you play him with, with John Tavares because I think Mitch Marner can elevate John Tavares in a way that, you know, he, he certainly at, at times this season has looked like he's needed, right? So to me, if you want the best out of Tavares, you play him with Marner. Like, if you want the best out of just Marner himself, which I guess is a different question, you know, maybe you play him with Matthews. Like, those two you know, on their own can look unstoppable at times, but I think just for the betterment of the team, it, it kind of, it would elevate Tavares's game to play with Marner. And I know the sample size was small, like ridiculously small. And it was a, you know, I think they were running on kind of adrenaline for a bit of this, but like, I liked O'Reilly or sorry, I liked Tavares, uh, O'Reilly and Marner. Like I liked the idea of Tavares on the wing. I liked the idea. I, I know it was kind of, I think it was tough for him at first, but I liked the idea of, you know, kind of getting him in face-offs and then maybe sheltering him a little bit. Um, I, I think, you know, O'Reilly is a player that can get to the front of the net just like Tavares can, and, and, you know, Marner can find him there. So that's probably the line that I would consider going with um, if, if I was drawing up the lineup tomorrow. Um, that's, to me, Tavares with, with Marner is the best way to, to get the most out of the team, I think. I don't know where you guys stand. I think we're uh, waiting for the DEFCON Smythe Trophy winner to get back in the lineup before we make any decisions. Right, Justin? Yeah, I think you were eager to make that joke and kind of dodge the question. but uh, You better trademark that. Yeah. You, you can have it in your article, that. right? Uh, free free tips. Smythe. You gave us pizza tips. I'll give you the DEFCON Smythe winner. Oh, I love that. Thank Tava- you very much. The, the answer is Tavares. Mm. Tavares needs help. Austin Matthews shouldn't. I think that's it comes yes. down to that. Yeah, and look, you, you you can get like you 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 see the way William Nylander is playing. Um, no DefCon level, you know, needed for him. He's he's having you know the best season of his career. Um, he, he can kind of play with with anybody right now. So, you know, just pairing him with Matthews makes some sense too. Like the vibes on that line are immaculate, as the kids would say. Um, but yeah, I I think that's just the best way to get the most out of a player that looks like he hasn't you know he's not completely comfortable right now um so i guess we'll see on saturday if that's the the route that that keith wants to take all right well big game tonight in new jersey josh appreciate you breaking it down giving us the pizza advice um giving us the the overall vibe of the team right now after a big news dump yesterday um and we'll look forward to reading all about it at the athletic awesome anytime thanks guys thanks josh Josh Cloak, Maple Leafs and Canadian soccer writer at The Athletic and pizza connoisseur. I didn't see the... And our insider.
brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where, where you, you can, can expect, expect excellence, excellence online huh? and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Okay. In, uh, in unison. That's awesome. That was cool. Um, I didn't hear people really talking about healthy scratch. That would Johnny be crazy. T- Johnny Tavares. Eh? That would be wild. But that's not something that you just you you put out there and and don't know the magnitude of how everyone would react. You'd also you know? never paint it as that. Like you just come forward and say, yeah, a week off I think can help this player. Time. Sports science thinks the week off can help the player. John Tavares comes out and says, yeah, I think a week off could help me out. Like it, you just frame it that way. Can you imagine if Sheldon Keefe went to the media show? Actually, we're scratching John Tavares from the lineup. And I guess the only thing... Defcon would be, would, 1. That's, that's Defcon 1. Or at least... Yeah, it's probably Defcon 1. It's it's a it's a huge, huge story. That's the fact that he acted like a scratch, though, doing the work after mm-hmm. is like, I guess that's nice. why people leader, are on you know. I don't, well, that's what a leader would do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm getting scratched. I got to do what everybody else does. But it's not exactly interesting, poker Justin. face. Yikes. All right. Well, we won't be seeing him tonight. We'll see a, a hobbled Maple Leafs lineup who are dogs tonight on the road against the Devils. Short dogs, but dogs nonetheless. You never see the Maple Leafs as dogs. So maybe that's an opportunity to bounce on them tonight. You can tee that up with the wake and rake on the other side of the break. Send in your picks at 590-590. We're going to do our World Baseball Classic automated draft, just like we did with the World Cup when I won. Is there something on the line with this? Is that, yeah, is that why we're doing some, this? Of course there's always something on the line. We don't know what it is yet. Okay. No snowman. Hopefully, I don't, if I'm building a snowman in a week, two weeks, no, we I'm, gotta I'm move done to a with snow. Country. I'm officially out on snow. All right. On the other side of the break, wake and rake to wrap it all up on a Tuesday morning. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays, Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up. Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money. With Ailish and Justin. All right. It's time for another edition of a battle between Ailish and Justin. We got two challenges starting this week, by the way. What's the other one? World Baseball Classic today. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow we're going to start a little golf betting exercise. Oh, yes, we are. Just for the big tournaments, the Players' Championship this weekend, we're getting involved. Give us something to track on weekends throughout the summer months. We'll play the premium events. How about that? The ones that all the big guys play because they want to make that uh, big-time money. Was it $4 million for Kurt Kitayama over the weekend? Winning the yeah, that was a, Arnold Palmer. Who predicted that one? Not many people. Mm-hmm. Outdueling Rory and Scheffler late. I like when it's someone else wins, you know? Do you? Show people that it can Rory happen. Rory doesn't. Rory hates it when other people Good. win. Rory's kind of turning heel a little bit. He's got some weird comments coming out. He was complaining about how that tournament was decided by bogeys yeah, rather than uh, he birdies. Was, it's like, so I'm that's like, what dude, regular golfers have. Yeah, we don't want to see minus 25 scores where it's just like, it, it. you know, they're just rolling in birdies over and over and over again. I like mm-hmm. to see a little adversity. Mm-hmm. What made Sunday's final act or chapter or whatever you want to call it, Kitayama missed the fairway, had to dig it out of the tough grass. Relatable. And two putt for a par to win. It was awesome. It didn't need to be a birdie. It didn't need to be an easy par save. The fact that it was made more difficult, that lag putt, that was like, what, not even an inch, a half mm. inch from dropping into the cup, maybe even less than that. That was good theater. I don't need minus 30 scores from Rory McIlroy winning by five 
in a, in a you know a tournament that's ultimately non-competitive. Minus eight is a good score to win a golf tournament for me. I may have been minus nine. Either way, stop complaining, Rory. <laughs> okay, so tomorrow we'll tee that up. Uh, today we're doing World Baseball Classic as it begins. Cuba and the Netherlands at 10 p.m. That threw me off a little bit because during yesterday's show, our guy, John Morosi, was like 48 hours until the World Baseball Classic starts. But it's supposed to start today. Because there's different time zones in play. Like, I'm a little confused. There's a lot going on there. But once we get involved from a gambling aspect here, I think we'll be we'll be all over we'll it. We'll be, be fully dialed. invested and dialed in. You're right. All right. So what I've done is I've pasted the top eight teams and their odds into a random computer generator. Text we, we need the help of, dot com. We need that. What you put no free ads, Ailish. We Do you need, think textfixer.com <laughs> is gonna make a billion bucks after I said their name on the on the radio? I think that we it's a little unfortunate that we definitely need the help of this randomizer. But all we really know is like Vladdy. No, it's out. way more fun this way. Is it? It's just what we did with the World Cup, remember? It just generated our teams for us, and here we go. But we're not picking. We picked just random teams, and that was fun, like that I got stuck with some bad teams. No, what and we you did, gave we sympathy. put every single team into the World Cup generator. And we're not doing it for this one, though, because well, there's be- only there's some teams that have no chance, and we don't want to get stuck, and we don't want this to take too long. Yeah, I'm, I don't Although get I'm stuck talking with the Czech Republic. It- Sorry. Oh, apparently the, the pesky Czechs. Okay, th- there's no chance. We just put the top eight in. We're both going to get four teams, and then... We'll do the same kind of rule where the winner or the team that gets the furthest between us is the winner Somewhere of our competition. Line. We'll figure it out later. So Dominican Republic, USA, Japan, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Korea, Cuba, and Mexico. No are, Canada. Are your top eight teams. Canada falling outside. Canada wins. We're both winners. That's it. I like that. Um, I have the odds as well. I will now select the button that says random choice. Would you like to go first, Justin? Yes. Okay, your first selection is USA plus 250. God damn it. Let's go. Uh, That's a good start for me. Okay, so I'm just going to have to write these down. So Justin, I got it. it. Okay, Justin's got USA. Random choice selector, boom. Ailish. Korea plus 1200. That's fine. They got got some spunk. Yeah, it's good. Okay, your second selection. Give me the Dominican. Mexico plus eighteen hundred. Okay, so that's the longest odds on the uh, the field that we have chosen here. Um, okay, I just got USA again. Dominican, yes, oh. yes. All right, no, no, Vladdy though. So uh, don't get too excited. All right, keep it going. Let's Sorry, go. I'm just celebrating for one I know, second. I know it's one you second got too long. All right, the one team I want, I'm not getting here. Um, three left. Three left. Okay, come on, random choice generator, textfixer.com. Cuba for okay, English. That's the second longest odds. Right. I, you got to give me, okay, hold on. Hold, before you do it, yeah, Japan is, we're down to and Japan Puerto, Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico are the next ones. Okay. Now, I kind of wanted Puerto Rico. I wanted to cheer for the blondes. Remember, well, we what, have remember what Morosi said? I don't know how to say it the way he said it. I think it's Rubios. I can't say it the way he says it. The blondes, Sounds Puerto Rican blondes. However, Japan with Otani plus 275. That's definitely what you want here. But I'm okay with either. All right. So I will press this button, and you're either getting Japan or Puerto Rico. Three, two, one, Japan. All righty. All right. I got, I got three of the shortest yeah, odds. sweet. But you have Congrats. the favorite in the Dominican Republic. Okay. So run down who we've got here, and uh, we'll get our full rosters. Okay. My team for the official World Baseball Classic exercise here on the Fan Morning Show, USA, Japan, Venezuela, Mexico. 
your team, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Korea, and Cuba. Let's All right. It. I mean, I clearly didn't get the luck of the draw this time around like I did. You with... want to make a trade, Venezuela for Puerto Rico right now? Shorter odds for Venezuela. I'll give you. Nope. I want the blondes. I nope. want Barrios. Nope. Okay. I want Barrios. All right. So this is redemption tour. I might bleach my hair blonde if Venezuela wins. That should be the punishment. No, Puerto Rico. That's the punishment. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. If, if my no, I'll give you frosted tips like you're a AAA hockey team at the. Would you do a frosted Quebec tips? Quebec City, Michigan. Uh, Mi- you have like engagements. You can't. do. I'm not going to. Now you do things. Frost you can't be tips, exactly. You can't Justin. be out there with frosted tips. That's awful. You've done that before too. Well, when I the was a little tips. boys hockey player. When I did the frosted tips one year, I let little little in the eyebrows. That was a mistake. Oh my god, are you kidding? Well, Your like, eyebrows are so dark. You exactly, look it looked like so moron. bad that it was like, let's lighten those eyebrows a little bit. Like just put a little drop in there. Didn't really. Didn't. Help. I, I don't want to. I know my hair will not be touched for this bet. Okay, so we'll figure out exactly what the we'll stakes are a little later, and on. the the text line can get involved on it. All right, so there's our team. Go Ailish's team. All right. Um, wake and rake. Let's do it. Leafs Devils tonight. I uh, mentioned that the Leafs are slight dogs. One of the few times you can get dog money on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not by much. Plus 108, 110, 115. Depends where you're looking. It's definitely moved uh, since we started to, the show. Good reason to get a dog price because yeah. Ryan O'Reilly's missing. John Tavares is scratched for whatever reason he's scratched for. Uh, the Leafs are down to... <laughs> They're down to some Marlies all of a sudden after having so many players that you could not possibly even think of Pontus Holberg (laughs) making any lineups. He's now centering the fourth line with Alex Steves on his right side. So the Maple Leafs' depth is being tested once again despite six new additions. And for that reason, against a bolstered Devils team, they are dogs. Okay, so let's go through what our anchor picks are and then we'll throw ours into the Wake and Rake. Alrighty, let's do it. Uh, I will start. Neil from Newfoundland. Good morning. No tennis today. So moving to the Champions League. Neil, getting aggressive here and going with something I actually like as well. He likes Borussia Dortmund plus a half goal on the Asian handicap. Same as the puck line in hockey, he notes. Uh, Dortmund on 11-game winning streak and lead Chelsea one nothing on aggregate, so they just need a draw to advance today. Chelsea have not been under uh, on a great run under Graham Potter. No, they haven't. And plus money is a must bet. I was thinking I wasn't going to go with it because I know you hate when I go with I soccer don't hate picks. Anything. I blow up parlays in the afternoon. It's not fun for anyone. But the double chance Dortmund draw or victory, which is as good as the plus a, plus a half goal because, you know, they have to lose by one in order to lose that bet. Uh, that was going to be my pick. I was thinking about doing that. Dortmund just need to get a result, the result being either a draw or a win at Stamford Bridge to move on in the Champions League. And Chelsea has been in a rough way since Graham Potter took over. So I like the pick from, from Neil today. Okay. The non-tennis pick from Neil. Neil knows all sports. Soon we'll have spike ball picks from Neil in Newfoundland. Morning team with the Leafs banged up at the end of a long road trip playing against a strong Devils team. New Jersey money line at only minus 125 offers great value. Shout out to Steph and Charlotte who listen every day. Tim Tom from the Schwa. Tim Tom from the Schwa. Yeah, I mean, we faded the faded the Raptors, faded the home team last night. Did not work out for me. I don't think we won a single pick on the Wake and Rake last night, though. So we survive. Uh, my Wake and Rake anchor from Alley in Toronto. Sabres and Islers, Islanders to go over six and a half. The Sabres will be on a second half of a back-to-back. Islanders are not necessarily 
an over team with good old Elias Sorokin <laughs> taking a goal off the board from the opposition basically every night if you measure his goals saved above average. Um, but the Sabres might be a little loose after playing against the Oilers and losing to the Oilers last night. All right. It's uh, 364 days until Ron and Markham's birthday. That is correct. The and countdown is on. And for his anchor pick today, he's taking Mikhail, Brid- Mikhail Bridges over to go 24 and a half points. Juliana will take, of course, the Warriors to cover four and a half against the Thunder. Thanks to Elish and Justin for the birthday shout outs. Special thanks to Jules, Buff Daddy, and Parlay Poppy for the birthday wishes. My heart is warm. March 6th is a special day in our hearts. Warriors interesting tonight because... You know, the Thunder are kind of like engaging in, okay, we're not non-competitive mode. They're sitting Shea Gilgis-Alexander every now, once in a while. I'm sure Shea is playing tonight for that number only to be four and a half. But interesting that, you know, their ambition sort of slipped a little bit. Okay, this is Walter from Toronto. Benfica to beat Club Bruges by two and a half goals. Wow. Slap them away from home and playing at home now. Benfica to just blow out Club Bruges. I don't know if that's Champions League. I don't know if Club Bruges is Champions League cat- uh, caliber. Uh, but Walter from Toronto likes Benfica to roll over Bruges. Walter might be a new text or two going all in. Welcome. Ian, the snowplow driver. Uh, Damian Lillard did me wrong last night. No points in the second half. Randall tonight over rebounds. Ooh, minus 190. That's mm-hmm. tough. Um, with no Plumlee in the Hornets anymore. Hornets are bleeding rebounds. They know you can't get value on a Hall of Famer anymore. With O'Reilly and Johnny out of their spots, I'm going Willie or Matthews over shots. That's Steve from Sutton. Uh, Parlay Poppy here. It Jalen hurts to know we were one assist away from that triple-double. <laughs> Tonight, Today's Hungarian hammer is Julius Randle. Under three-and-a-half three-pointers in a game. Threes a feat, but four in a game is reserved for players such as Curry, Thompson, and Damian Lillard. Okay, and finally, Eric from Burlington. Uh, good morning, I think. This year, the Battle Ontario is who can play the worst against Chicago. Way to go, Sens. Not salty at all. My redemption pick will be the Hurricanes puck line. They are dog-walking the Canadiens tonight. I was looking at potentially the Hurricanes as well, uh, so I don't mind that pick. Anything stand out to you? Well, I'd like to pick something from the Leafs game just because we like to do that for our anchor selections. Um, For what I'm going, Bucks minus six and a half over over the Magic. The Bucks are one of the... Best teams in basketball, and the Magic are one of the not best teams in basketball. So I'm feeling like that is just a simple spread pick for me. Are they still on that winning streak? That, no, they did no, lose they did to the 76ers over the weekend. Okay. Giannis is going to be trying to get a real triple-double tonight to uh, to <laughs> yeah. prove that he can. So I think that they go off and, I mean, they've... Too bad Jokic They're couldn't do the, the same Eastern last Conference. night for uh, Parlay Poppy. Magic are bad. So. I'm uh, I'm going uh, to the NBA as well. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are in L.A. to take on the Lakers. Both teams missing their star players. John Morant dealing <laughs> with things that are a little bit more serious than LeBron James. But nonetheless, it is the battle of the supporting cast. And I feel like the Grizzlies step up to the plate. I feel like they play well without John Morant. I think they're the, the better team without their superstar. Uh, the Lakers have been competitive since LeBron went out, but I like the Memphis Grizzlies to go in there in LA and prove that, that they're that they're a higher seed for a reason. So uh, Memphis plus one hundred on the money line All right. is my pick in the nightcap in the NBA. Not a fun team to cheer for, but we'll do it. You want me to switch? You want me to go nope. Dortmund? No, nope. you do what you like. 
Yeah, you can hedge out if you just don't want to cheer for the Grizzlies. It's all then. good. It's all good. Um, okay, so from our Maple Leafs game tonight, we only have Willie or Matthews over shots, and we have New Jersey on the money line, which I don't really love throwing in there. So I did talk to you during the break about having a Willie or Marner shots prop because the, someone needs to put the puck on the net. And I'm only seeing Marner at two and a half, and I'm plus money. Like, right. Does he not ever shoot the puck? And William Nylander is three and a half. Matthews is three and a half. Do you want doesn't to lean it, specifically? Doesn't it feel like Matthews should be a little bit motivated to try and get it together tonight? You would think so. He's got Mitch Marner, William Nylander mm-hmm. on an island playing with Sam Lafferty That's tonight. That's true. So you're stacking the deck up front. Uh, maybe Michael Bunting won't be dragging him down a little bit because maybe he has been over the last couple weeks or so. But Matthews has got to get this on track. He's got to get it sorted out. Jack Hughes is his buddy. Maybe he wants to show out in front of his buddy. You know, Let's do it. Sometimes the rivalry gets the best out of Austin Matthews. He's got to turn it around regardless. Some shots tonight, a goal tonight would go a long way, I think, for Austin Matthews. If he presses, he hits the shot over. So why don't we go with Austin Matthews over shots? I like that a lot. And um, Dan from Peterborough just texted in, snowplow driver Ian's little brother. So cute. Big night for Matthews tonight, right? Here we go. With O'Reilly, Shen, and Johnny T being out, it's time for a little show. Matthews is going to show everyone what he's been hiding. Matthews anytime goal plus 110. So I think he's in the same boat about being a Matthews night. It's all the uh, all the push I needed to put it in our parlay. So Bucks minus six and a half against the Magic. Grizzlies on the money line. And Matthews over three and a half shots tonight. Altogether plus 549 for your wake and rake today. That's a good one. Uh, so yesterday, the big news in the NFL, Derek, don't call him David Carr, <laughs> going to the New Orleans Saints. I saw a tweet. It's always funny when this happens, that the odds before the Derek Carr acquisition. Oh, yeah. How much did they shift? 40 to 1. The odds after the Derek Carr acquisition, 40 to 1. No shift at all, oh. at least by one sports book, uh, with Derek Carr going <laughs> to the New Orleans Saints. And I'm like, it makes a lot of sense because do they have a Super Bowl ceiling with Derek Carr? I don't think so. I will note, though, last year, didn't the odds do the same thing when Gardner Johnson ended up with the Philadelphia Eagles? Everyone was all excited about it. It did nothing to the odds. They were still like 20 to 1 preseason Philly. And then Gardner Johnson helped them put together one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. They went to the Super Bowl. They, in fact, did not cash on that 20 to 1, but at least they got to the Super Bowl uh, to put themselves in a position where you could make money off that ticket if you, in fact, bet it. So sometimes you laugh at the player when it doesn't mm. affect the odds. Sometimes it doesn't affect the odds for a reason. I don't think Derek Carr is going to move the needle much, and he certainly hasn't in the betting market. Will Aaron Rodgers move the needle whenever he inevitably decides to do something with he his will. life? He will. He will. I'd be more with interested Jets, in Green eh? Bay if he moves, though. But I'm saying if 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 you think the Jets are going to land him right now, maybe be a good time yeah. to make a futures if you on think, that. I, my plan bet the Packers to win the NFC North after Rodgers leaves because they're going to have so much money. That's true. They're going to go out there. I don't know if Jordan Love will be any good, but they're going to have all this money to play with in free agency because all that, what, 50 million, whatever Aaron Rodgers is owed, is going to go elsewhere. You're going to spend it. They're going to be able to supplement what is a really good roster anyway. Aaron Rodgers wasn't all that great last year. I think the the Green Bay Packers could be, I wouldn't say, actually they could be better at least more of a threat in the division because they're going to have a lot of money to spend and maybe that sets them up for success. Did you see McDavid, another two-goal game last night? He just hit his new career high points. 124 already. Ridiculous. What, 18 games left at 54 goals already? 70 Did he hit is, 150? 
70 and At 170 least, right? and 150 is a distinct possibility. I remember last That's time when there was wild. when there were incentives hanging out in front of him in the bubble season where he could get to 100 and what mm-hmm. was it 56 games, 58 games. Uh Connor McDavid knows how to chase down records and milestones and I feel like 150 and 70 distinct possibility this year. And Maple Leafs next opponent Saturday night. That's Connor McDavid rolling into town. Talk, talk about Oof. jumping on a moving train. John Tavares back after a week oh, off. Oh, God. You're Here's right. a head-to-head matchup with Connor McDavid. That's a rough one. Um, all right. But before that, Maple Leafs have a big one against the New Jersey Devils tonight, 7 p.m. on Sportsnet 590. The fan. Today, the Blue Jays face the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's live at 1 p.m. on Sportsnet and streaming on Sportsnet.ca, 590, and Sportsnet app. Raptors tomorrow against the Clippers. Lakers on Friday night. Thursday, no Toronto sports in the Raptors Leafs market. We got to pick up our full swing again, by the way. Maybe that's when we do it. Full swing episodes, got a couple episodes three and in four. Maybe earmark for Thursday or Friday to. And that helps tee up our, our big weekend of golf. There you go. I like that a lot, Justin. Look at you. Suggesting Just good things. Producing on live radio. Beautiful. What Beautiful a guy. Thing. What a guy. Um, all right. Well, thanks. That was a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow morning to break down Leafs and Devils tee up Raptors at the Clippers. Have a great day.